Well, it's good to see you guys again. How's everybody doing? You glad to be in church today? Come on, somebody. How's my people in the back? Y'all good back there? I can barely see you. All right, raise your hands. There you go. Wave to me a little bit. Uh, some of you are like, hey, waving. Well, it's good to have you guys with us today for sure. Um, anybody notice some beautiful sunshine that we've had lately? Anybody get out yesterday at all? Oh my goodness, I think it got up to like 71 degrees. I felt the presence of the Lord on my back deck with that sunshine beams hitting me in the face, even though I was squinting. I just want to encourage you, get out of the house this afternoon. Go walk around, go do a nature trail. Get, I know it's a rare thing, but get the kids off the couch, leave the video game there, and get outside and throw the ball. Come on, somebody. Enjoy today. The Lord's blessed us. It's been great clouds lately, so it's good to have some sunshine. Hey, Lisa and I, uh, we missed you guys last week. Uh, and forgive me, I did not, was not able to get out great communication people because things were happening so fast. But for those that don't know, my wife, Lisa, had to have emergency surgery last weekend uh, due to a kidney stone that got lodged in her body and caused horrible infection. And so the surgery was successful, praise God. Uh, and she is home resting and recuperating, but it's going to be a little bit of a trek because they couldn't get that stupid stone out. So um, she's going to have to have another surgery. And so we're, I just want to first off say, I was even debating saying anything, but I've had so many people ask me, like, good Lord, I got to say something. And because, look, we're family. And we're not only going to talk about the good stuff, we, we got to talk about the painful stuff. And so I'm, Lisa and I are honored to be your campus pastors. And we really say it. We mean it around here. We are family. And we hold each other's arms up. And I, Lisa and I have felt so much love and so much prayer coverage. Oh, my goodness. Too many God stories to share right now. I'll share with you when she's back of some things that God did even in the hospital. But just thank you. Thank you for your prayers. And if you're offended that you didn't hear about it, I'm sorry. Things were happening so fast. It was crazy. But, uh, but thank you for your prayers. And I want to ask you something. Can I ask you something? Give me grace as I preach this message because my mind and my heart is with my baby girl at home, okay? And so, but we're gonna go there together and go into the word. I am honored to bring the word to you today. And if you have your Bible, and I ask you to turn to Matthew chapter five. We started a beautiful journey that's gonna really carry us through the rest of this year, most of the year, I should say, we're going to do a deep dive into Matthew 5, 6, and 7, which is famously called the Sermon on the Mount. And we're presently in a series uh, called Bless. Somebody say bless. bless. Say it like you're blessed. Because bless. we are. We're a blessed people. Especially if we live out these Beatitudes. That's what they're called, the Beatitudes. And we're, we're going to park on Beatitude number four today. But let's, but let's go there. And let's look at this right here. If you don't have your Bible on your phone or your leather-bound book there in front of you, we do have it on the screen. Matthew chapter five, right there at verse one. We're just gonna read uh, six verses here. And seeing the multitudes, he, who's he? Jesus, he went up on a mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. And of course, there was a huge crowd all around him, always. In verse two, then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And today, as I said, we're going to park right here 
on this fourth beatitude. Come on, can you read it with me right here on the screen? Also right, right here in front of you. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. That word filled there means completely satisfied. They shall be filled. Blessed are those who hunger. Somebody say hunger. And thirst. Somebody say thirst. Why do I point those out? Because those are the two major needs for survival. And Jesus knows what he's doing when he's using these words. We'll even look at other things of survival. Close. He'll, he'll talk about that in just a moment. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. As we just read the Beatitudes, and of course last week, Pastor Johnson preached a great message uh, on the meek. You know, like a lot of the Beatitudes that we've looked at so far, just three of course, uh, are very introspective. Like look, in your si- look inside, look in your heart. Uh, they're, they're introspective about who we are, poor in spirit. Hello, we need a savior. His name is Jesus. I am poor in spirit. I am weak. I can be hurting. I need a savior. I need a healer. Also, speaking of hurting, we go to the next thing. It's about mourning, that God, we need to be able to mourn, and the promise is he'll comfort us. That comfort is healing. And not only a mourning over our hurting hearts, but also a mourning that is a godly sorrow over sin in our lives, that we would mourn that and make it right with God. And then the other one, again, last week, fiery message, go watch it if you, if you missed it, was about the meek. Somebody say meek, which is all about humility. It's a humble heart, which puts others first. Go ahead, you first, before me. So a lot of that's very introspective. And in Matthew 5, 6, while it is introspective, it is also very declarative of the gospel of Jesus Christ and everything the gospel gives us. So if you're taking notes today, and I encourage you to do, I'm gonna throw some zingers your way today. The title of the message is very simply put, Hunger and Thirst. Hunger and Thirst. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, thank you that your presence is here. Thank you that you are with us in the room and those who are watching us online. Thank you that you're not only with us, you are for us. And so, Lord, now I just pray, like you did in the nine, give me a fresh anointing for the 11, for this group of people. Holy Spirit, help me speak. And we all together silence the noise and the distractions of the world, and we just wanna hear you and your word. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, amen. Men, excuse my voice, it's a little weak today. Matthew 5, 6 is a declaration. It's a declaration for anybody that's seeking. And let me tell you what, there's a lot of people seeking today. Or let me put it to you like this, looking for love in all the wrong places, and I'm not gonna sing it. A lot of people are, are seeking. You know, the Bible ends in Revelations, it says, to all who are thirsty, Come. It's also for those who feel empty inside, just empty, deep inside. And it's also to those who are looking to really understand what satisfaction is and purpose and meaning and fulfillment. All those things can only be found in Jesus. So in one way, Matthew 5, 6 is talking to a group of people who are seeking. They're looking. They may not even know, but they're they're looking for Jesus. But then it also speaks to a people that know Jesus. How many Jesus lovers I got in the room today? Come on, somebody, from the front to the back, hello. And it speaks about the more of God in your life. Somebody say more. 
And let me just say this, if you are a Christ follower in the room, there is more for you than you've experienced. There's more. Don't settle. Don't think the good old days are just behind you. Many of us, let me say this to you, many of us have encountered Jesus in in amazing, beautiful ways. I just think about my life, your life, so many moments I can look back on how the Lord just, oh my gosh, just there's no words to express those moments with God. But let me say this, just because you've been a Christian for a long time doesn't mean that you've reached the pinnacle of your Christian walk and that your best days, the best moments with God are behind you. No, I want to say that God wants to do something now and that God also wants to do some great things in your future. But it all is determined on your appetite for him. If you're hungry for him, if you're thirsty for him, I mean, what, is it, what does that even mean, hungry, thirsty? Even if you look into the word, it, it is literally about like craving, like a, a craving. Somebody say craving. Anybody craved anything before? A, a long time ago, uh, I think it was in 2012, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, introduced me to a, uh, a detox program that I've been doing for years now called Whole30. I don't know if you've ever heard of Whole30. I'll just sum it up to you this way. It's, no, it's for 30 days, no dairy, no bread, no nut, no sugar, no fun. <laughs> it doesn't say that. I, I added that part. And my friend warned me that by day 12, he said two things are going to happen. By day 12, day 15, somewhere around there. On the good side, you're going to begin to sleep like a baby because of the detox on the bad side, you're going to have the most craziest cravings you've ever had in your life. And I remember one, it was around day 13, day 14, the first time. I do it every year, twice, the beginning of the year and the middle of the year. It's so good for you. It's good for me. And uh, the first time, though, Lisa's like, hey, I need you to go to the grocery store, pick up a few things. I would just suggest not going to the grocery store because when you're in line and you're waiting, and usually we're waiting for, you know, to get there, um, that there's all this sugar all over, and they put it there on purpose, people. And uh, I'm just like, oh. I mean, just craving chocolate and peanut butter together. <laughs> it's like heaven in your mouth. That's what I'm talking about. It's like this craving. I mean, we, we can all relate with the words hunger and thirsting and even craving. We can laugh about it, joke about it, because we all remember as kids, you'd come running into the house. This was back in the day. I'm showing my age here, but I'm still proud of it. That back in the day at the summertime, we'd be out all day playing. I mean, all day. We'd bike everywhere. We'd go everywhere. Sad to say we can't do that today like yesterday. But I remember coming in, and I mean, it's like we were out about eight in the morning in the summertime, right after we had our Captain Crunch, and then we'd go outside and, and, and just run and play and all kinds of stuff, and then come home right when the sun was going down. And my, we lived a little bit in the country, not really country, country, but just a little country. Uh, and my mom, because we, we had a little bit of land, and, and uh, we'd bike everywhere. She'd have to ring the bell, because I'm the oldest of four boys, because we were everywhere. She'd ring that bell and like dinner's ready, though it wasn't ever ready. <laughs> what is up with that? So I come in like starving, like, oh, and I would say words like, oh my gosh, mom, I'm starving, please, I gotta eat something. 
Or it'd be like my, my mouth, even like right now, it feels, my mouth's so dry. Mom, mom my mouth's so dry. I need water, agua. You might know what I'm talking about. Jesus knew what he was doing when he put these two words together, hunger and thirst. We can all relate with that. Both uh, different Greek words, but has the same actual meaning, which means to strongly desire. And under that, if you dive deep in it, it would be craving, to crave. And here's the interesting thing. It's not a one-time tense. If you dive deep into it, I'm a, I'm a big study guy. I like to get in. All right, what are you really saying here? The tense of the hunger and thirsting is not a one-time experience. It's a continual. He wants us to continually hungering and thirsting for Jesus, hungering and thirsting, constantly pursuing him. It's not this one-time prayer you pray at the end of service. It's an everyday prayer. It's an everyday action pursuing God with all your heart. The tense of it is keep doing it. So, with that being said, I wanna give you the Victory Church translation of Matthew 5, 6. Now that you know with the tense, it means keeping on, keeping on. Blessed are those, this is the V-C-T. Blessed are those, I had to think for a moment. Blessed are those who are constantly, continually hungering and thirsting after righteousness for they shall be, come on, say it with me, completely and totally satisfied. Mm, so good. That's what God's called us to be. And let me, let me speak to this for a moment. There are a lot of Christians, and what I'm about to say, there's nothing wrong with it, but stay with me in balance. There are a lot of Christians today, and, and, and for it's been, I guess, every, all the time, all the years, where Christians are hungering and thirsting after beautiful experiences, beautiful events, Hungering and thirsting after revival. Hungering and thirsting after powerful moves of the Spirit. And there's nothing wrong with those things, but can I just encourage all of us? God wants to give you all those things and more, but we need to, we need to make sure that we're a people that are seeking his face and not his hands. When we seek God, you'll find God in everything that's in his hands. Don't seek revival, seek the reviver. You'll get revival. I could go on and go on. Pe people who experience, they, they, they're looking. Some people are like, I just, they're hungry and thirsty. Just be blessed. I just want to be blessed. I'm hungry and thirsty. Oh, bless me, God. Bless me, God. Bless me, God. And actually said the blessings come when you hunger and thirst after him, not after the blessing. Hunger and thirst after the blesser, the one who can bring the blessing. And then happiness. I hear it all the time. Happy, happy, happy. And I'm so ha happy. Everybody wants to be happy. But what we need is true joy, which is found in the Lord. But as Americans, and let me just say, we're so blessed. We're so blessed in this country. We live in a blessed and free country. And yes, listen to me, our Declaration of Independence, it says life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But we must be careful that as Christians, that we don't make the American dream bigger than the kingdom dream in God's heart. We're a kingdom people first. I pray for America all the time as I pray for other nations. This is my home, so I pray for her. But I'm not an American first, I'm a Christian first. 
who happens to be an American. And so if I want to get this life and liberty and happiness, guess what? It's all found in Jesus. So if I continually seek the Lord and pursue him with all my heart, you and I will experience true life. It's called abundant life. You and I will experience true liberty. It's called freedom. And you and I will experience true joy. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. It's a byproduct of the Holy Spirit controlling your life. And so we gotta, we gotta make sure, what are we actually hungering and thirsting for? Now, Jesus speaks of this. I'm gonna kind of fast forward into this sermon. This is a sermon, actually. It was a message recorded by Matthew. But I wanna fast forward because he speaks about this right here on the screen, Matthew chapter six. Many of you know this one verse, but let's look at it in the context of what he's saying here and what I just spoke to you guys about. So Jesus says, so do not worry. Somebody say worry. I'm highlighting that for you to see this. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat? There it is. Or what shall we drink? There it is. Or what shall we wear? There's the three. These are three of the top things you need to survive. He's speaking a real man's language right here. Or or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. They're seeking all that stuff. That's what they're hungering and thirst for. He said, for the pagans run after all these things and you and your heavenly father know that you need them. Need what? You need food. You need drink, water. You need clothes. What does the Bible say? Let me pause. Leave it on the screen for a second, please. What does the Bible say in Psalms? I'm, I'm, it's escaping my mind right now. I had it in the nine. But he says that the children of the godly will not go begging for bread. That's a promise that I can bank on. It's for the children of the godly that they will not go begging for bread. He will take, he will provide for you. All right? Then he says this right there, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things. What are those things? Everything you need. All these things will be given to you. The things that you need. Somebody say need. Have you noticed there's a big difference between what we need and what we want? Nothing wrong with wanting things, just don't let the things own you. Everything's the Lord's. Therefore, and look, he repeats himself. He spoke, started with worry, he ends with worry. You know why? Because we're a worrying people. We gotta give our worries to God. He actually said in one, another translation, he said, do not worry. So it's a command, don't worry, I got you, he says. Chris Frith translation. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough troubles of his own. So let me ask you a question as we're diving into this today. What are you hungry and thirsty for? Or let me put it to you like this. What are you, this is probably a better way to ask it, what are you continually craving? What are you continually craving? Every one of us in this room Me, you, those who are watching us online, every one of us were created with an appetite, listen to me, church, that only God can fill. Only he can satisfy. Everything else is a substitute. Only Jesus can satisfy. And if we're seeking God and his righteousness with all our hearts, then the promise is we will be filled. You can bank on it. But let's dive into this. 
But what if we're snacking on other things? Just what if? What, what if us in the room, Chris, I want you to know every time I preach to you, I examine my own hearts first and God does such a work in my heart on the weekend, even before I can preach the word to you. What are things that I'm snacking on? What are things that we might be snacking on? Anyone here ever get hangry, hangry before? All right, my brother over here, you went right away, just like, yes, me. So, um, honesty, I love it. Me too. Lisa will say one or two things to me. She'll say, you need a nap. Or she'll be like, get over in the kitchen and chomp on some crackers. Dinner's not ready. We all get hangry at times, but I'm wondering if we can use that analogy that maybe there's some people in the room today that you are spiritually hangry because the things that you're filling up on are not satisfying you. You're restless inside. You keep filling up with things, but they're, they're substitute, they're alternatives, they're not the real thing. They're temporary fillers that will truly never satisfy. Y'all following with me? So, so what, what are we filling up on? I, I wanna share, uh, and I know there's probably a bunch of people that can relate with this. Uh, a valuable lesson I learned that I only repeated twice as a kid. And our, our parents have great ways to teach us things. And as I said, you know, all the time playing, coming in, you know, when the bell's ringing, coming in, starving, the food was never ready. And so uh, against my mother's wishes, uh, I would sneak some food because she would say, dinner's gonna be ready about 45 minutes and it'd be like 90 minutes. And we always waited till dad got home. And let me just pause for a second this. It's, I know that most people don't do anymore, but it's okay. I encourage you, eat dinner with your family. Spend time. And if you can't do it every night, it's okay. Don't get under legalism, but take the time. If it's just you and your spouse or it's you and your family, take the time in this busy life that we live in and have at least a few meals a week together. I have vivid memories of the dinner table of my family. And my dad worked crazy long hours, but it was important to him, as tired as he was, to be at dinner with the family. But I would sneak those, and so by the time dinner was ready, everybody else is hungry and ready to eat this beautiful dinner that's been cooked for us, and I get at the dinner table with my brothers, and I'm like full. And so I'm just kind of playing with the mashed potatoes, making a little canal and a river to go through it with the gravy. And I'm just like, I, I'm just not hungry. And, and my, you know, hey, what's going on? I, I'm just not hungry. I, I can't tell him I snuck some Snickers and the Snickers only satisfies, right? So, <laughs> and I downed a big glass of milk because that'll fill you up real quick. And so uh, I just said, hey, dad, can I be dismissed from the table? And my dad's like, gave me that look like, son, do you know your mom? She worked hard. He didn't say that. Just the look said that to me. And uh and I said, can't just be dismissed? I'm just not hungry. Yes, and then he said this, but you can't come back in the kitchen later and eat anything. And I'm like, all right, fine, whatever, you know? I was acting all macho, whatever, dad. I, I mean, I'm good, I'm good, I'm full, I'm good, you know? I'm a man. I was 12. Uh, <laughs> so I'm sent to my room, and, he just, and he, I'm going, he's like, son, you cannot come back in here. And, uh, and he knew, he knew I had snuck some. And, uh, and so, earlier, and so I'm in my bedroom. An hour later, my stomach's like, lua, 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 like Godzilla. And I'm like, oh my gosh. That happened about a couple times and I learned real quick. 
We gotta be careful what we're snacking on. It was a temporary filler, but it didn't really fill me up inside. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Why? Because only Jesus can satisfy. I learned that lesson real quick. My mom had made this dinner. How about this? The Lord has made a feast for us to partake of in his word, in his presence, but we fill ourselves up on so many things that we're not hungry for God. Let me give you a verse. Psalms 34, my favorite chapter in the Bible, Psalms 34. I can live there every day, there in 51 in the book of Psalms. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Come on, because you get a taste of God, you just want more and more. You get a taste of his word, you just want more and more. And you realize that nothing else even comes close. It's just Jesus and there ain't no second. It's just Jesus. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed, that word is same word meaning of the Beatitudes. Fortunate, highly favored, happy. I could go on and go on. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Psalms 34, eight. Blessed. So the question, again, bears repeating, but I wanna word it a little bit different. Stay with me on this question here. What are the things we have filled ourselves with that have never filled us up? Because if it's not Jesus, you're constantly wanting more. Now, let me go back to, so you don't confusion. With Jesus, there's more, but Jesus brings the eternal satisfaction. Jesus can fill the empty spots. And that's what the thing about Jesus is. Once you get a hold of him, you just want more and more. But I'm talking about the stuff that just leads to death inside. Emptiness. It's a temporary filler. Y'all with me? I wanna, if I can, walk over here. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big picture person. God, God speaks to me to pictures personally. And, uh, and maybe this will help all my visual learners in the room. And if it doesn't, just enjoy this moment. Uh, so, you know, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 6 that we are, the, if you become a Christian, make Jesus your Lord and Savior, that you are a living, breathing temple, a temple of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God, when you ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, he comes in to take dwelling. He lives here. The Holy Spirit is in here. If you're a Christian, he's in you. You are literally a walking, breathing, living temple of the Holy Spirit. We were bought with a price. We were bought, the price was blood. It was Jesus's blood for me and you. He died so we could live, and the Spirit of God comes in us. This glass right here represents our lives. This picture which is heavy, represents Jesus, the living water. Now, God wants us to always be a people who are filled to overflowing. Come on, somebody. So what God does in you, it spills out on others, all right? And so you woke up this morning, if you'll allow me to use this, my hands start to shake because this is a really heavy glass. So you woke up this morning and decided to come to church. So a little bit. And I applaud you for being here today. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. It's so good for you to be in church. The Bible says you will flourish in church. So I'm glad and thankful that you're here today for you. But I can't tell you, we gotta be a people that seek God every day, not just on Sunday. Because Sunday can't fill you up all, it just give you a little bit. It's a little bit, just a little bit, it's a little bit. 
And if we're, if we're not careful, we'll, we'll fill up, you know, so for example, Wednesday night prayer, I encourage you to come when you can, Wednesday night prayer, it's another little filler. Uh, oh, that's that thirst on the counter, we love thirst, and it's appropriately named, thirst, little, little filler. And you can go from event to event, and they're powerful, and they're special, but they're little fillers. The true fulfillment comes by you seeking God in your secret place, in your private time. It's you having church with God, just mano y mano, you and the Lord. And your tank, your spiritual, emotional tank is being filled up. See, we're really good at filling our tummies. We're really good at filling our, our mental. We read to get sharp, stay sharp. Our emotions, we fill it. But we, we neglect the most important thing, our spiritual tank, our relationship with Jesus. And so as you can see, if I only go like once a week, I'm supposed to be full to overflowing. Maybe I go to prayer here and there. All thirst, marriage night, they're all great. But these can't fill my cup and keep me filled up. And so what we do, if we're not careful, careful we'll have temporary fillers. I'll, I wanna give you just a, a few here if, if you'll allow me. So take some notes on this if you would. Um, and maybe some of you in the room can relate with this. Some of this, I want you to know, these temporary fillers I'm gonna call out are part of my story that God's healed me from. The first one is relationships. It was me, but also maybe many people in the room that you've put all, you go from relationship to relationship to relationship, never focusing on the relationship, Jesus Christ, the most important relationship, or you put others, even though you love God, you put your family or your children, relationships before God. We can fill ourselves up with those things. And then the second one, maybe you're hurting deeply today and you, you numb the pain by, you know, alcohol maybe, you drink it away, drugs, sex. Maybe, maybe, maybe you don't do that, but maybe you binge on Netflix or any streaming platform. You just binge, binge, binge. Or maybe you down yourself, you drown, excuse me, you drown yourself on social media platforms and you find yourself going there for hours. You're hurting inside. You're not going to the one who can heal your heart and you're just disappearing on social media. By the way, be careful because quickly you can find yourself the longer on there going places you shouldn't go. All that would be called escapism and you fill yourself up with that. Maybe you're in the room today and this was my story in my young years, bored, lonely, fighting off depression, which by the way are the three of the top five reasons that people get into pornography. Boredom, depression, loneliness. And we fill those spaces instead of going to the Lord because he can fill those spaces, we go to porn. Let me stop on this for a moment, just say this. Parents, 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 please ask those questions to your kids. When I was a youth pastor, last time I was a youth pastor was 2015, that was my last year. But once a youth pastor, always a youth pastor. So I love, love, love the next generation. And um, the average age when I was a youth pastor of young people looking at porn was between 10 and 12. I saw my first pornography at 10 years old. And Today, the average age of young people who look at porn 
are between 8 and 10 years old. So it's gotten younger. So we got to be so careful. And I'm so thankful that 22, I finally gave up and surrendered that thing to the Lord. I was feeling my soul with lust, and God wanted to fill it with love. Him. This was also me. Maybe you're here today and you're, you're fighting insecurity and feelings of being unworthy. I remember feeling that just as a young man. I just felt so unworthy. I felt I loved, I was loved by my parents, but I had some things going on inside, probably connected to the porn, where I was just feeling so unworthy and feeling just insecure about who I was as a young man. And I fed off the affirmation of others instead of getting it from the Lord. Affirmation. And then this could be many people here up in the burbs, these next two, is just always striving and struggling just to be able to rest and to be still and, and trust that God's got it, that you don't have to work all the time. Many of us wear busyness as a badge of honor. Hard worker, hard worker, and you should be a hard worker, but you should also be really good at resting. And so we fill up that void with busyness. And then the final one, needing to appear successful. It's that old saying, keeping up with the Joneses. Materialism, excessive materialism, which goes straight to credit card debt, credit card debt, credit card debt, which grows and grows. All that comes under comparison. Can you see the cup here and how empty life can be, though I've filled it up? Are y'all with me? You get the point. There, there's, there's more and more examples I could give you, but you, you understand it. A lot of these fillers are because we are hurting. We, we feel the pain or we numb the pain. We fill things up inside because we don't know how to deal with this. And there's the healer saying, come to me, all who are weary. And we fill up with these things or other things, your story, your things, but we fill them up and what we don't realize is these things are even causing more pain on top of the old pain. So the alternative, the substitute, is killing me. We gotta give it to God. We gotta be a people to give it to God because those things just cause more and more pain. Let me say it to you like this. God wants to fill those spaces with himself and bring healing. Everything else kills. How do I know that? Because the Bible says the wages of sin is death. It's either life or death. And Jesus is always bringing life. And you, you find your place so thirsty, so thirsty, so thirsty, and we fill it with alternatives. I wanna give you a scripture. There's tons. I'll give you just one. I love Psalm 42. First verse, look what it says right here. As the deer pants, as the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. Church, did you know that every single living thing from the tiniest of the bacteria is called the cyanobacteria? And I'm not even saying it right. I mean, it's minute to the largest giant blue whale. Every living thing needs water to survive. So let me say it to you like this. Jesus, the living water, is the only one who can satisfy our weary soul. 
We gotta turn to the Lord. We gotta turn away from the temporary fillers and we gotta turn to the, to the Lord because he's the only one who can satisfy my weary soul. He's the only one that can fill my cup to overflowing. He's the only one that can truly satisfy. Amen? When we, here's the deal. When we hunger and thirst for righteousness, don't get lost in that word righteousness. I wanna just kind of sum it up for you very quickly. And I could, I could talk about how we've been justified. I could talk about how we've been sanctified. But if I just wanna go real simple with you, layman's terms, I wanna say it to you like this. Righteousness is Jesus. When we hunger and thirst for righteousness, we hunger and thirst for Jesus. When you pursue righteousness, which is Jesus, guess what comes out of you? Right living. Not rules. I'm not pursuing the rules because I'll never do them right. I'm just pursuing Jesus. And he does a deep work inside me and it helps me live the right way. I don't focus on the right way, I focus on the righteous one. I focus on him because if I focus on the right way, I'm just gonna be rules, rules, rules and it becomes religion very quickly. No, I'm gonna focus on Jesus, let him continue to do the work in me and I will be in right standing with him and walk the right way, amen? As we continually seek Jesus and submit to his lordship, we're not only filled, but he makes us more like him. I write this in my journal all the time. More of Christ, less of Chris. More of Christ, less of Chris. You put your name there. More of Christ, less of me. Say it to you like this. Pursuing the righteous one with all our hearts leads to right living. I'm not talking about behavior modification. I'm not talking about some kind of outward behavior. I'm talking about an inside work, transformation inside constantly as we go there that directly affects the way I walk out this life. And as I go there, something is created in me. As I, as I hunger and thirst for Jesus, the righteous one, something happens inside. I wanna give you those three things before we close. Number one, what is created in me when I desire excuse me, when I hunger and thirst after God, a desire to be right with God. A desire to be right with God. I'm not talking about you being right all the time. I'm talking about you and I being right with God. And when I realize and recognize there's something wrong in me and I'm hungering and thirsting after God, I wanna get that wrong out real quick. Because here's what it does. If we don't get it out, it can lead to infection. Anybody remember when your parents used to tell you, like, I, again, a country, out in the woods all the time, building tree houses, I would come home with all kinds of splinters in my hand. And I, I, my father would be like, hey, we got to get those things out, because if you don't get them out, they're going to go all the way through your hand, to your arms, straight to your heart. I'd be like, get it out, get it out, get it out. <laughs> Same thing with gum, right? They'd say, you don't swallow that gum, it's going to be in your stomach for seven long years. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I don't know if it's true or not. I don't care, but here's what I know. <laughs> I got y'all stirred up a little bit there. Uh, somebody's like, I say it. But, but, here's, but we got to get it out. Somebody said, get it out. And here's what I know. When you are hungry and thirsting after God, you don't play around with sin. If you get caught up in something, you're like, God, forgive me. I'm so sorry. If I've wronged my spouse, I'm going to make it quick. If I've wronged a friend, I'm going to make it quick because I'm chasing after God and Jesus wouldn't do it. I'm not going to do it. 
And so I, got, I want to be pure and clean before God. Not out of some religious duty to look good. No, I want to do it because Jesus is holy and I want to be like him. So when I'm chasing after God, I'm going to be quick. When I sin, I'm going to be quick to repent. Be a rapid repenter. Because wall, sins builds walls between me and my father. And I got to tear that wall down. And the way I teared it down is confront the sin in my life. The person who hungers and thirsts for righteousness is a man or a woman who sees the sin. They recognize it like David said, I recognize my rebellion. He said that. And I know that it separates me. And we quickly repent and make it right with God because we want to be in right standing with him. We know it grieves his heart. Come, I'm going to make it right. Not out of because I feel like a bad Christian. No, he loves you when you're bad and when you're good. He loves you when you're clean and when you're dirty. But because I know it grieves his heart, I'm going to make it right with him. And I'm going to live in this prayer. Psalms 139 says it like this, 23 and 24. I love the way Amplified puts it. Search me thoroughly. That word there is kind of like a heart exam. Search me thoroughly. Check me on the inside, oh God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there's any wicked, look at this, or hurtful way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. What creates in me is a hunger and thirst after God, a desire to be right with God. The second one is a desire to be free from sin. Notice the word desire, because the desires of our heart are gonna be fleshed out in our life. Can we just be real for a moment in church? Hello? All right, good, I'll be real. real. Uh, (laughs) Sin feels good for a moment. Sin can feel good for a season. But if my wife was here and she spoke on this many times, here's the thing about seasons, they come and they go. And moments are brief and fleeing. Yes, sin can leave you with a momentary high, quote unquote happiness, but afterward there's a mark left on your heart, a stain that only God can remove and heal. Even Tide can't get that stain out. Jesus is the only one that can get it out. And that stain is full of shame and guilt and condemnation, which are not of the Lord. And he can only, not only remove the stain, he can heal our hearts. I've learned, I'm, I'm still learning. I think, I think we should always be students until the Lord takes us home. So I, I've learned one thing of the many things I've learned that as we pursue Jesus with all our hearts and we submit ourselves to him, the Holy Spirit will point out deep places of pain in our lives. And we're like, no, 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 don't go there, don't go there. Oh, you know, it's like we're doing karate with the Holy Spirit. Not, not there. But can I just remind you that Jesus only reveals to heal? He doesn't, heal to, he doesn't reveal to belittle you or embarrass you or expose you. He reveals the pain to heal the pain. And if we don't let God into the deep places, how about this, the basement of our soul? Dear God, don't come to my house in my basement. There's stuff all over the place. You gotta walk like this in my basement. There's all kind of stuff down there. We just say, put everything in the basement. Can I just tell you, <laughs> after a while, there ain't gonna be able to, no room to get anything else to go, but, but can what? We gotta let Jesus in the basement of our soul because if we don't, we won't get healed and delivered. Now, why, why am I talking about this creating us free from sin? Because when you hunger and thirst for righteousness, it does not only create a desire to be free from sin, look at this right here, but it also puts a desire in you to be free from the very desire to sin. And I know that's a lot of desires in one sentence, so let me read it again, because I want you to get this. When you hunger and thirst after Jesus, 
It does not only create a desire to be free from sin, but also a desire to be free from the very desire to sin. It's like, I don't want that anymore. That's not good for me. The desire in me is changing. I'm not gonna do that anymore. Not because I think I'm strong, because Jesus is strong in me. And now what I used to have a taste for, I have a distaste for it. I'm not doing that anymore. That's a heart change, which leads to an incredible appetite for Jesus and the things of God. The opposite is also true though. You can't be living in habitual sin and fully filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because you can't be full of two things at one time. Full surrender means giving the Holy Spirit permission to go in the basement of our soul and do the healing work, the surgery that needs to happen. Whatever's hindering me in my relationship, hindering you in your relationship with the Lord, God, get it out. And like David said in Psalms 51, another chapter I park in a lot, he said this, God, you are invited into the hidden places of my heart. And then I'll add, so that we can be truly healed and free. Final point, number three. So we said, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, which of course is Jesus, you'll have a desire to be right with God. Somebody say right. If you, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, which is Jesus, you have a desire to be free from sin. Somebody say free. And finally, a desire to be holy. Holy. Somebody say holy. holy. Hungering and thirsting for righteousness is not about desiring some dull religion. I came to church, check. No. It's not about religion at all. It's about a relationship. It's about, let me say it to you like this, it's about loving what Jesus loves and hating what Jesus hates. And just in case you're confused, Jesus doesn't hate people. He hates the sin. He loves the sinner. He loves the sinner. He loves the lost. And he wants them found. And he wants to do it through you and me. A person who hungers and thirsts for righteousness is a person who truly desires to be like Jesus. And Jesus is holy. Again, holiness, it's not a bunch of rules. Holiness is beautiful, and it's the result. Listen to me, it's the result of having a heart that is abandoned to Jesus. I don't chase after holiness, I chase after the Holy One. And in doing so, as I submit to him, and let me tell you what, your pastor messes up a lot. As I submit to him, as I surrender to him, the temporary fillers that he points in my life, and he gets those things out, I become more and more like him. We're all a work in progress, but let's just be progressing forward in Jesus's arms, amen? First Peter 1, if you're gonna clap, clap. If not, that's just, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. That was good. That was good preaching, Patrick. That was good. You good, good. Anyway, First uh, Peter chapter 1. I'm having fun with you guys, kind of. Uh, so you must, so you look at this. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back. Somebody say, don't slip back. Don't slip back. Some of you might be slipping today to go to the old you because you start temporary feeling. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy, there's that word, your own, come on, say it with me, desires. 
You didn't know any better then, but you do now, Christ follower. But now you must be holy in everything you do, just as God who chose you is holy. Amen? I want to close with this today. Again, the picture is the Lord. The glass is me, full of empty stuff. I'm filled, but I'm really empty. The promise is this. For those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, you will be filled. You'll be completely satisfied. Why? Because only Jesus satisfies. Only Jesus. We were singing about that earlier. Y'all remember the Samaritan woman at the well with Jesus? She was so empty. We know several things were going on there. Number one, she was fighting great rejection because she's at the well at 12 o'clock. Normally, you'd be out there early, so she's fighting some great rejection from her community, probably because of the other things. She had been married five times, and the man that she was living with was not her husband. Jesus points that out. She's empty, and she's filling herself up with stuff. She's looking for love in all the wrong places. And there at the well that beautiful day, she meets the lover of her soul. And I want you to listen to his words as we prepare to close. At that conversation, John chapter four, go read the whole chapter, it's a beautiful story. John chapter four, it says right here on the screen. Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water, he's speaking about the well, will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. The water I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up, come on, say it with me, into everlasting life. So here we are, and this is us. And what I've learned is before I can be filled and satisfied by him, I gotta empty myself of temporary fillers that are actually called sin and are causing damage to my soul. And I'm gonna quickly call them out one by one. And I want us to be in a posture of prayer now. Don't just watch me, just have your heart in a posture of prayer. What are some temporary fillers in your life? You might, these might be yours. Some of this was my story that God healed me from. Start pouring it out before the Lord. God, I thank you that you healed me of that porn problem at 22 years old. But if you're in the room, God, forgive me that I keep going back to that laptop or the telephone. I repent, Lord, I call it what it is. It's wrong, it's sin. And you're there to love me out of it and heal me from it. Lord, I give you, I give you the comparisons. God, I, forgive me for comparing myself to everybody, what people think. Forgive me, Lord, for being a man pleaser. Thank you, Lord, that my worth is found in you, Jesus. My identity is found in you. Everything that I am, my very being is found in you. In Jesus' name, God, I find everything in you. Lord, I, speaking of that, God, my affirmation, my affirmation is not found in what people say about me or don't say about me. My affirmation is found in you and in your word. And Lord, one day I wanna hear, well done, good and faithful servant. And so Father, I thank you, Lord, forgive me, I repent 
of looking to other people to affirm what only you really can affirm. Lord, busyness, oh God, we're so busy. This one hits me hard. Help us learn to rest at your feet. Help us learn, help me learn, God, to to work from a place of rest. Lord, help me learn to sit still. Lord God, that I can accomplish even more at your feet than I can on my own. Lord God, forgive me for being too busy. And then what I've noticed is sometimes as the Lord goes deep with us, if we allow him, he wants to bust that door open, but he needs our permission. If we allow him, what he'll do is, notice as I emptied, if you're looking up here, as I emptied it, he starts filling those empty places and look what happens. He begins to bring up the other things. He brings them up to the surface. Lord, forgive me for putting all relationships before you. I repent, God. You're the most important relationship and actually all my other relationships will be healthy if I make you number one. So Father, forgive me, I repent. Forgive me for idolatry, Lord. And Lord, forgive me for escapism. Going to everything but you, movies, television, video games, social media. Lord, help us all just be able to come to you because you're the one who can heal our broken heart. We give all these things to you. And what happens is, as you empty yourself out, look what God does. He gets to the right original plan all along to fill you to overflowing. And that you're free and you're healed and you're whole in Jesus' name. Psalms 103. Man, every time I do that, it gets the chill bumps. It's just so beautiful. That's part of my story. That's part of your story. That God wants to do the healing work as you empty yourself out of those empty feelers, God can bring and heal you up and fill you up because Jesus is the only one that can satisfy. Psalms 103, two through five, as I close, Pastor Kirvin's gonna come in a moment, but it says this, let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he's done for me. Some of us have got amnesia. You're focusing too much on the negative. Don't forget the good things he's done. He forgives, can we read this right here? He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death. Oh my gosh, he redeems me from death. And he crowns me with love and tender mercies. And what does it say about mercy? His mercies are new every morning. And then look at this. He fills my life with good things. My youth, somebody needs to hear this, is renewed like the eagles. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God. Can we pray together? Father, we just come to you now in Jesus' name. God, we repent for hungering and thirsting after things that you never want in us. We repent, God, for hungering after the wrong things. And we're gonna call it what it is, God. It's sin. Forgive us. Cleanse us, create in me, create in us a clean heart. Not out of rules and regulations and requirements, but because we want to be like you. You're holy. Jesus, we surrender to you now. 
Even as I've called things out, God, I know you're gonna speak to people even tonight of calling some things out, no longer going to the old things. Because God says, I wanna do a new thing in you as you submit and surrender to me. Lord, we invite you into the deep places of our heart, the hidden spaces, the basement of our soul. We need you there, Lord. Lord, we thank you, not only for your forgiveness, we thank you for your sweet healing and we receive it now. Come on, say, I receive your forgiveness. I receive your healing. Lord, help us, help us, God, be all that you've called us to be. We love you, Jesus. We want to be filled with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, church.